0: Good morning, all, and welcome to this week's episode of the CEO MomCast. I have with me health coach Michelle DeWolf, um, and again, bringing you another part of our series with the modern day wife. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Michelle so she can tell us about herself, how she got into coaching, um, and a little bit about her business. Great, thank
1: you. I am happy
0: to be here and I'm thrilled
1: to be a part of the Modern Day Wife event, Unlock the Vault in Menlo Park, California. Um, I started my business because nutrition has always been my passion. And after founding and running a a marketing agency back during the dot-com boom, I was ready for something new that allowed me to work and raise my kids at the same time. So ironically, I was volunteered to teach a cooking class to kids in my daughter's fourth grade class, and it focused on nutrition and I found that I loved it. And I had this knack for it and it really talked to all my passions. And so over time, to answer the questions of all my culinary clients, which had become not only kids and adults, but blossomed into a business called The Festive Table that I ran for 10 years, I was really interested in putting some structure around the nutrition aspects that all my my culinary clients were asking me about. So I started on a master's in nutrition and I found myself pretty quickly in working in a hospital setting with a sick population. And while I know that's valuable work and important, what I wanted to do is be right here where I am as a coach, working with people like you and I before we ever find ourselves in a hospital sitting setting and that this didn't quite exist yet back in the day. And so I finally said yes to some online schooling when in 2016, that sounded pretty crazy, right? Not so much anymore. And got my certification from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I started coaching in 2017, became board board certified in 2020, and have grown my business from there.
0: That is crazy. I've got my whole entire (laughs) BA online. So that just tells you
1: (laughs) how far education's come in the last few years. I know. Maybe back in 2016,
0: I thought, oh, these are charlatans. This can't be for real. (laughs) And now here we are. (laughs) There's something to be said for on-campus learning, though. And I'm sure even you Mm notice a difference in switching from your master's to doing the certification. Um, It's just a different, you feel more learned when you're in (laughs) on-campus. Yes. Right?
1: And, and we had live coaches that worked with us and we had to do a practicum and I had to have proctored tests and things like that in, in real life, which was lovely. And, but it, it's, it's different. It's
0: interesting, but it works. <laughs> um. So I just want to go backwards a little bit. You said you had a, something that you ran before this, you were yeah. in marketing.
1: I did. So my background was in marketing and sales and I had always wanted to have my own agency and I really kept my eye on the ball from graduation of college into all the jobs that I had led me to this, this dream that I wanted to have my own agency. So I founded that in, well, Lordy, 1998, and we grew the business to one office in Silicon Valley, one in San Francisco, and staff in both locations, and had a lot of, uh, you know tech clients given that we're right here in the silicon valley and and had you know we're doing a million plus in billings and it was super exciting and i loved it and was living the dream and it was great and then i found myself with the when the bubble burst looking at working twice as hard for half as much and i was pregnant with my second child uh-huh. so i brought i brought the business home i i sold it to my partner and um, brought a couple clients home with me and did that work for a while and stayed home with the kids. And and then the, the cooking classes and nutrition started after about four years of being home. I thought I needed to, I wanted to contribute and begin again.
0: Right. And it's, it's funny how our perspectives as moms change. Um, My husband and I actually like had this conversation last night. We're like, where would we be if these two little beings weren't in our life? And we're just kind of like having a trip down memory lane of what life was like. And then I'm like, (laughs) but you know, obviously these things happen for a reason. We veer off into different directions and look at what it's done for you. It's spawned a whole passion and new business and, is this something you ever thought you saw yourself doing back in those days? Nutrition coaching in the way I do today? Yeah.
1: Um, we, uh, when I started with the culinary school, because I had the culinary school for 10 years, okay. it, I imagined that this is where I wanted to be. The more questions that the moms and the dads and the couples and the adults that came to me, the more questions they asked and the kids, the more I imagined having this ability to sit down with people and look at the big picture and really dig into what's happening for them. Because I found in those questions, when someone says, well, I you know I stopped eating meat, is that okay? I, I wanna try to be a vegan, but it's really hard. Should I eat gluten? Should I, all these different questions and the answer is different for every mm-hmm. different person depending on where they're coming from. So being working in the culinary world, I didn't have the opportunity to really dig in because it's hard to just say, Yes or no to these questions because they're very, many of them sit in a very gray area. And this gives me the structure and the time that I'd love to sit with a client for almost an hour and really dig into what works for them, their family, their kids, all their picky eaters and figure out what is right and how to answer
0: that question
1: for them. So there was hints of it back then, but this job didn't really exist.
0: Right. And and I think that, I mean, obviously, fast forward 2023, if anybody had told me this is what life was going to be like, <laughs> I would be like, no, nah, you're lying. But it feels like everything almost has to have a holistic approach to it today to be um, successful. And you really can't just be in a culinary stream or a nutritionist stream, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades in your chosen niche because that's what everybody wants. A one-stop shop, somebody who's going to tell them exactly what they need, um, what they're, I don't know if I'm going to word this right, but especially from your culinary point of view, um, you know, running a restaurant as a nutritionist or a cooking school as a nutritionist is going to hit totally different than somebody who's just great at making food.
1: Right, right. No, that's absolutely true. It's a very different lens. And people are asking those questions. I think I think they're really, they're, they're more educated about what they need to look for and what that means. It's not, there are people and I have great friends who um, just love good food. And it's just not about nutrition necessarily. And, And there's a place for that. But it depends on what's happening with you. If, if It depends on how you're feeling and where your age is and where you're coming at it from. And and there's questions to be answered because there's a place for great food when we don't have to think about our nutrition for sure. And that's why this business is successful for me too because I meet people where they're at, right? And and if you're going on a trip to Paris and you're at home trying to not eat those croissants at Starbucks, I, I'm gonna encourage you to have some croissants in Paris, but You don't want the one at the airport. You don't want the one maybe at the hotel lobby. You want the one down the cool alley with the quaint shop with the grandmother who has the recipe from the great grandmother. And you need to enjoy the heck out of that croissant.
0: hundred percent. I mean, (laughs) if anything, life is just way too short to not enjoy these days, but it is all about a healthy balance. Mm -hmm. Um, So speaking of balance, uh, do you work from home? Is it easier for you to balance your personal life now with running this business? Oh, it
1: really is. I thought about that a lot in that my first venture, I wasn't so great at that, right? I didn't have children. I started, you know, the marketing agency and and I was working in um, a little office and actually I was working in my garage and um, and then moved to my office and I was not great at balancing it because there was nothing that forced me to do that. My husband and I were both working crazy jobs and, and hours and that kind of thing. But having kids gave me the clarity for what I really would love my life and my days to look like and the reason to do it. Sometimes it's those external reasons that that help us. And so it took me time to figure it out. And so now this venture and really COVID helped because it forced everything online. And then I had to really put some structure around my days. And it allows me to schedule things in a way where I intentionally, more often than not, I'm not perfect, have a cutoff time and start times that let me get exercise in and throw a load of laundry in and eat some foods that are nourishing and take care of things around the family and, and see my friends. And it's important to me. And I try to help clients do that as well.
0: So it sounds like you have a great balance, but you sound like every modern day woman who works from home. I love how you said that, you know, I scheduled the time to throw a load of laundry in. (laughs) isn't that so funny? Because if we were at the office for eight hours, none of these things would get done. But it's something we build into our day because right. we know it needs to be done. I say this to my husband all the time. I'm like, you could never do what I do. And he's like, but you're at home. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Right. Never. Right. <laughs> and it, I, who
1: was it? Someone somewhere, they, they, maybe it was a post I saw, but they had, they, the mom was sick and she had a business and she was doing her thing and the, the, they had to bring in like both her parents, her husband, and then some pe- two people at work. And they took like five people to replace what she was doing
0: on a regular basis. Right. Uh, I mean, not to pat ourselves on the back, but I seriously, thats <laughs> I say all the time, I, was like, I would hate to ever actually get sick and you need to do everything around here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, pat yourself on the back to be sure. And I, I remind people of that all the time. And in the work I do, I work with a lot of busy women and busy executives and I work with busy men as well. And um, and I'm working with them to get them to, to put time in their day because it's really hard to take care of yourself. If you just wanna think about what you're gonna eat or take a second to think about when you're gonna move your body, it's really hard to do that in the leftover minutes. And it's important to just put 10 minutes in the morning or there's one gentleman I work with and he has been very deliberate about having his assistant put 15 minutes in between his meetings. So he can just get up and go to the bathroom. I mean, get up and go to the bathroom, refill the water bottle. He does a plank on the floor so he can stretch out his back because he's sitting so much.
0: And it's that 15 minutes that made all the difference. And that is a great a great thing. Like we don't, we don't think about those little things. Mm -hmm. Even myself today, I've scheduled myself like back to back with meetings and I'm like, I should probably allow 15 minutes in there because it's inevitable. Somebody's going to knock on my office door or something like that. But we don't, we don't schedule our lives like that when we're busy. And, and I think it's this fast culture that we live in. It's super easy if I'm having a busy day to literally just order something online. Right. Um, Right. And it's never intentional, which I think is probably what a lot of people would say. They always have the best of intentions to create their meals and, you know, kind of balance things out. But it just, the way our lives are scheduled these days, it's not allowable. But um, I actually started building well exactly I actually started building the time in on Sundays for myself to do a little bit of meal prep you know get some lunches ready breakfast things like that I have recently gotten out of it with a new work schedule that I have but um it it helps you don't feel as stressed out and it literally is quicker to grab something that you've pre-made in the fridge than it is to order out
1: Right. And then it's it's not only quicker, but the thing you pre-made in the fridge with some intention is likely way healthier than the order out. And that doesn't mean that you've failed if you've said, oh my gosh, I I just need to order quick, quick. That's okay. It's having that built-in time so that the next Sunday you say, All right, all right, what worked well, what didn't? How can I do this for myself in a way that works for myself and my family? And you just have that, you gotta have those check-ins. And so where we don't do these things intent. We have the good intentions. It's the doing it that's the hard part. So building in these little stop points allows you to kind of come up and take a breath, and then put some intention around how you will take care of yourself, your kids, your family, your business, whatever it is.
0: Do you it find that? Do you find that it's a little harder um, finding the balance for your clients with families? Like I know myself as a mom. Everybody doesn't eat what I eat. You know, I feel like I'm cooking four different meals. So it's really hard to find that balance and prep and make sure everybody's getting what they need.
1: Yep. Yep. I get that question every day. And and the way it's every family's different, right? There are families who say this is what we're cooking, they're gonna eat it, Mm -hmm. they're not gonna starve, it's all gonna be fine. And the suggestions for the rest of us, mere mortals, is that we what I want moms to do and 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 busy families, I want the person who's doing the planning, I want you to think about yourself first. It's crazy, right? Put yourself first, think about yourself first and say, you know what, what I really would love is it's cold out. I want a minestrone soup. What I would really love is great big salad because I need my veggies and I want them. And so do that and make sure that that's there and then add your family members in around that. So that means that, and I come from my kids, I had a vegan, I have a committed carnivore and I have a picky eater and, and then I'm borderline vegetarian most of the time. So it's a thing. And if I think about myself, then that's our veggie. And so then, and I've got myself and my vegan child figured Mm -hmm. out, and then I add in, and then I look and think, well, what is the, what does the carnivore kid want? And I put that on the side. So and he's also an athlete. So I put that on the side and I add quite a bit of it. Right. So then he's got that option. And then my picky kid, I'm always putting something on there that I know she'll choose. So then you have options. But I I encourage you to think about yourself first and then fit everybody else in, because what we invariably do is think about everybody else. Right. Because we're taking care of everybody else except ourselves in the last minute. And then all of a sudden you're looking at that meal and you're thinking, well, this doesn't work for me. Or, you know, I wanna lose five pounds or, or this doesn't, I don't enjoy this. Um, it's the same idea and I've, I've run into clients and myself, you'll order at a restaurant with the kids and you're ordering for the kids or you're helping them and you're looking at what your partner's look is ordering and that kind of thing. And then the waitress or waiter comes to you and says, what would you like? And you haven't even thought about. it. So I want people to put themselves first.
0: That's a really good idea. Cause you're right. You know, mom's always the last one to order or is picking off other people's plates. And it almost kind of sounds to me like you're suggesting like an open table concept, just putting things out and whoever's going to eat what they want to eat is Mm going to pick it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think so too. I did a lot of plating when the kids were younger and we morphed into more this, this, family style dining where they can pick what they want. And you always want to have something on there that the kids will like so that they right. feel successful every time, but then make sure that you always are showing the things that are possible and the things that, that you and your partner are eating. Um, the, the other thing too is putting out, you know, when you start cooking and then everybody's hungry and they start like foraging <laughs> the pantry and they grind right. chips or whatever's at eye level. I say to if you can, this is just some utopian ideal, but you can do it once in a while is you make this plate ahead of time of fruits and vegetables that are cut up on the plate and they're they're just thrown on there or maybe it's just a bowl of strawberries. It can be something simple. but it's one way to get kids to try different vegetables because if you have say strawberries and blackberries and then celery and carrots, things that are kind of common, and then you put on there, blanched broccoli or a little bit of cauliflower or whatever the ones you enjoy with maybe a little ranch dressing. I'm not adverse to uh, getting kids to try it that way. They'll try things because they're hungry. It's there. It's together with things they love. So it doesn't look strange to them to be thinking about eating that way.
0: That's so true because we had, we had the kids party last weekend and um, I had a veggie tray out. My son wanted nothing to do with it. He has not touched a vegetable in probably two years. Mm-hmm. So I get creative and buy these, um, you know, fruit and veggie pouches. Cause he'll get them that way at least. Um, and he just came to me and he's like, mom, I want you to be healthy. Can you eat the broccoli that's on there? And I said, sure, I can eat some broccoli. And he goes, what are these orange things? I said, they're carrots. And you know what? They're really sweet. You should try one, <laughs> and he did. He's like yeah. the pickiest of picky eaters, and he eats yep. a carrot. And he goes, "I like carrots. Can you start putting those in my lunch?" Um, well, hell yeah, <laughs> That's progress. Winning <laughs> all day, and and but don't I think right, like, And I think that that's that perspective. You know, putting it out in like, like the line of sight so they see it. Yep. And, and nine times
1: out of 10, I mean, I've asked people, they say, I can't get my kids to eat veggies. And I'll say, well, how many veggies did you eat today? And then they just giggle because it's hard for all of us to get our veggies in. So if we start making it really normal and we start with ourselves and make sure that we're like, our snack is a veggie and they see it, they're like, huh, snacks are not just chips and salsa. Who knew? And they start <laughs> eating those veggies and they think that it's normal. And right. um, And if they don't like it today, they might like it tomorrow. It's, you never, never give up because they're going to, you're modeling behavior and, and they're, they're, they'll try it. They will eventually.
0: So Michelle, with you being in coaching, this is always a good question to ask. Do you have a coach yourself or is there somebody that you like to follow for tips and advice?
1: Um I do. I have I have a number of friends that are that are coaches and we'll go for walks and we'll jump on Zoom calls and we'll talk about things and I've got network groups that I'm part of and friends that are entrepreneurs that that I've worked with. Um from a business perspective, I lean on Soul Savvy. Well, a friend of mine, Lauren Brolier, uh, runs a business class called uh Six Figure Savvy and I really love how And to your point earlier about this holistic approach, it's this holistic approach to how to reach your clients and build your business. And I really enjoy, I enjoy her whole, she's a, she's a life coach and she's been so wildly successful in building her life coaching business that she's now offering this, um, uh, business class called the six figure savvy and that it's been really an interesting, she's fun to watch. Cause she started the same time I did and has just really hit it out of the park and, uh, and has done some great things. So I really love being in touch with her.
0: That's great. And I always find it's amazing when people will admit to needing their own help. Everybody um, looks at coaches and people who are in fields like you and they're like, well, they must have it all together. They don't need anything.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. I coaches need coaches. And I have, I think one of the reasons that I am great at this is that I am keeping it real. And I will tell people, you know, I'm 55 and menopause is a thing and here have been my challenges and I'll, I'll tell people right up front and, and talk about it. And I'm not perfect. And I, I know some of these tricks work or don't work because I wouldn't do, I wouldn't tell my clients or suggest they do anything that I wouldn't also do myself.
0: That's good. And I think that that, um, that's what a lot of people are looking for these days. It used to be like, I don't even know who to use but you know back in the 90s and in early 2000s people would get scammed a lot by following certain diet culture mm-hmm. and see a celebrity doing certain things so it's important for people to find those that live what they're selling and you know get real testimonials to make sure it's legit.
1: Right, right. And even it it it's important to me that I that I stay within my scope of practice as a coach, I'm not a doctor, and I'm mm-hmm. not prescribing it is not within my scope of practice to tell you what to do. It's not a diet. It's not a, I use air quotes, weight loss program. It's about lifestyle changes and having a guide and a partner in this journey that's challenging, and helping you with my deep and broad education to figure out what's right for you. And I I get very frustrated when I'm looking out there with these celebrities and these influencers and people that are just spewing a bunch of information as fact, as opposed to talking about it. It may have worked for them. Whatever they're saying, it may have been great for them. But that doesn't mean it's what is done, period. It just means it worked for them. And I'd love for them to suggest. I'd love for them to be a lot more transparent about it, and it's exhausting. And that's why this job bubbled up, I think, because people needed support in a way they could trust to weed through all the crap that's out there.
0: I like the way you word that because yes, that is a hundred percent true. Uh, I mean, even as parents, we're always looking for the next best thing for our kids and we're just bombarded by stuff and in mm-hmm. a culture where, you know, a TikTok video can take off in less than a week and everybody's on the new bandwagon of something, I think, um, kind of have like a sheep herder mentality as a society. <laughs> <Yeah>. days. <laughs> Yeah. So it's I mean, nice to find those that actually are, you know, kind of off the beaten path, living their own truth and really practicing what they preach. I am trying really
1: hard. And I, it would be amazing if somebody had a magic pill that had answers for <laughs> all of our questions, right? but <laughs> they don't. Nobody does. Nope. And, and a diet or a way of being or a supplement or an exercise or a routine, whatever it might be, might work for a few people people, but is it sustainable? Are they making wild claims that you're going to lose, you know, 30 pounds in 30 days? And you got to question everything. So my job is to be here and and I have people who show up on keto and they want to talk about it or paleo or whole 30 or any of these things. And I'm very well versed in all the diets and I can walk them through the pros and cons and help them make sure that they're, I'm keeping an eyeball on them to make sure they're getting complete nutrition. And I'm looking for symptoms that they may not be seeing that could be an indicator that their liver is compromised or that they need to add in something different. It's it's interesting. It's fun. I love the sleuthing aspect of it.
0: Have you noticed a shift lately back to back to the basics? Mm-hmm. Focus on what's on your plate. Move your body.
1: Yeah, yeah. To to a great extent, I think that that it's. It, Our food system doesn't really set us up for success. And I think that when we simplify and we, um, it was Michael Pollan who said it best when he said, you know, eat as close to its natural source as possible. So chicken breast versus chicken nuggets, right? Mm -hmm. Celery versus, I don't know, that celery juicing situation that lots of people swear by. And it's, it's about being, you know, being authentic, going back to the simple things because our food system isn't what it used to be where our grandparents or great-grandparents might have had sugar, right? Of course, they'd have an apple pie on Sunday. They might make a batch of cookies, but now it's in everything. It's in every breakfast product, breads, ketchup, mustard. It's in everything. So that's why it's a problem and we have to advocate for ourselves. And the simpler we can make things, the easier it is to do that.
0: It's... Almost like you said, like an old school thinking, because it's a hundred percent. Like most of our older generations were not extremely obese. They mm-hmm. had physical jobs. They they ate what came out of the ground at the grocery store. They didn't have these fifty thousand options. And I think that you still see that in countries that are, you know, behind mm-hmm. North America. That don't have access to a lot of these crappy foods. Mm -hmm. There's this video I see all the time. I think it's in, I think it's in Europe. Um, But they talk about like these 10 or 14 foods that are illegal to sell in the UK because of the content of them. But we readily sell them here and in like 50 different flavors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's exhausting. It's exhausting and, and a lot of people and I think women are worse at this. I see it in my practice are beating themselves up because they can't like keep it together or they have this but it it's the manufacturers are building building products that are food like substances that have a specific bliss point that you want to eat a bunch but it never has that turn off mechanism. If that right. makes sense, cause you'll eat broccoli, right? And you get to a point you're like, yes I have had enough broccoli in this moment but when you eat potato chips and I won't pick on any one particular one but when you eat potato chips, they've manufactured it the chemists have used our brain chemistry to figure out where that point is so that we'll eat that whole family size bag in one sitting and still not be satisfied. It's fascinating and it's, it's exhausting and it's not our fault. And to learn how to, I help people learn how to advocate for themselves within the system. And my job is to give them a whole toolbox of tools that they can take with them to, to uh, po- use as needed because life's going to come at you. You know, a kid's going to get sick and you're going to mm-hmm. not be able to meal plan and life is going to happen and business is going to get busy. And, and we need to have different tools at different times. And it's tough. It's tough in this environment.
0: I was uh, talking, kind of just spitballing with my husband last night. I I think it's great that so many women are coming out and saying, like, we're just humans. We're just individuals. You know, you think that we can take on these 5,000 tasks, but mentally inside, you know, we're not carrying this load well and something's got to give. And I think that there's so much advocating going on. And I just kind of said to him last night, like, when did this change? I don't remember my mom being like this in the 90s. Mm-mm. Where is all this pressure coming from? Why all of a sudden are we expecting all these things from women? And I mean, it's kind of a catch-22 because if things didn't change, businesses like yours probably wouldn't exist because there wouldn't be such a need for them. Well. Right, So it's great that there's all this stuff coming out of the woodwork to help people, but it almost seems like we're in a society where we just constantly need help in all aspects of our lives. Like we don't know how to manage them anymore.
1: It's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. And, And I'm trying to go back and think, you know, I grew up with a single mom who ran a business, the great majority, I would say all my, all my life and until she retired. And that was rare back then right? To mm. have it. she and my neighbor, they were like the two little single ladies doing their thing. And, um, and I don't know, she didn't ever feel like she needed to have it all. She felt very fortunate, I think that that she could manage what she had. And it's a very mm. different way of looking at it. And I don't know, I'm really picking my brain time. I to
0: think you're onto something though. It's the mm. you know, it's the keeping up with the Joneses having it all.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I do, I think there is a lot, there's so much to unpack in that whole idea that (laughs) it's, I think we can have it all. We just can't have it all at once. And that's the difference that I try to impress upon people. I've got a worksheet that we do. It's like a life level of satisfaction. And we look at all the areas that, that nourish us off our plate, like relationship Mm -hmm. and joy and spirituality and activity and exercise all you name it right and we look at all of those things and how we feel we are on a scale of one to ten say with ten being amazing and one being the worst and we look at those things and then on there's things like home cooking nutrition and sleep and things like that and then we get to pick one maybe two to work on because you can't move the needle to a 10 on all of those things all of the time. And you're building a life, right? And you're building, and a life is made up of those individual moments that stack into days, that stack into weeks and months and years. So we're working on different things at different times and that's okay. That's the part I think that doesn't come across that it's okay to be able to address three stakeholders that day. So that day it's your kids, your partner, and maybe your best friend has some needs. So you've addressed those three stakeholders that day, but the next day is clients, your grandmother, and God forbid yourself. And so (laughs) that's how we can stack up our days to have it all in a big picture, but that doesn't mean that we're doing, we're just nailing it on every aspect every
0: day. Does that make sense? 100%. Hundred percent. I love the way that you put that out. That you do kind of have to take a look at your week and see what needs your attention each day, mm-hmm. and and learning that balance. I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole right now, but <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. You know, it, it's it's time. You'll get there figuring out who needs what on what days, and you know the monkey wrench of children that get thrown in, and somebody mm-hmm. might need you on a day when they're not penciled in to be needed. But <laughs> <laughs> That's so you got to go with the flow. (laughs) That's so true. And what we put
1: our attention on is the thing that grows and changes. And so we're putting our attention on different things. And while I believe we are incredible, multitaskers and women are so powerful and we can do so much, that doesn't mean we have to. And that doesn't mean that we then have the attention span to put it on 50 things in one day and then check all the boxes and feel like a superhero at the end of the day that doesn't leave a lot of room for the reality of, like you said, the monkey wrench and and things that get thrown in there.
0: So Michelle, just to switch gears a little bit here, where do you see yourself in your business in five years with this ever-evolving change on people's needs?
1: That's interesting. I've thought about that a lot, and, and I'm launching my my youngest child to college. So I'm going to be a free bird here in a short oh, period of time. Oh. Yeah, I know we're excited and I'm sad and um, you know, it's, it's interesting. So my husband and I have been talking about this quite a bit and I can, I love that I can have this portable business cause then I can travel myself and have speaking engaged. I want to have more speaking engagements around the country and around the world, because why not? If I'm portable and just get my hands on more people so that I can help more people and keep it real in more places. I would love to support a few other coaches um, working with me so that I know we're broadening the scope of people who are working really hard to decipher all the crap that's out there and, and also have more collaboration. And then I would also love a video series. I would love to be able to put that together. I've had it in the back of my head for years so that the people who can't don't, don't take the, can't, won't take the time to sit with me every two weeks and, and do this work, but want some support, they could have a video series. So that's maybe on the horizon.
0: That would be fantastic. I mean, everybody's got time for TikToks and YouTube videos these days. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you kind of meet the masses where they're at.
1: Right, right. It would be education-based, but I do love work one-on-one with people, because that's where the river meets the road.
0: 100%. Mm -hmm. And so what is a piece of advice that you would give somebody starting out in your industry since you're, you know, a veteran and moving into different realms of it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, and we talked about this a little bit, I think the main thing is really that to remember that you yourself are the unique selling proposition and then it's important for that you get to be as authentic as possible. A lot of women that I've helped start other businesses or have thought about it, they think, well, I need to I need to have all my ducks in a row and I need to to niche down and I need to make sure I can, you know, describe my 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 mission statement and all of these different things and and I would say that you go with your gut. Don't get too hung up on these niches and funnels and numbers and trying to do it just right. Just get out there and stay nimble and as open as you can. I, um, when I started my agency, I was, I was freaked out about all the details. Like, what do I know about running an agency? Like, this is crazy. And, um, and I had my first project, I had my first client. I didn't know how to bill or invoice or I mean anything. And I remember going to my accountant um, at the time who, like worked for my mom and uh, to figure out how to handle my taxes. And he was like, look, go get a shoebox." And I said, what? He said, go out there, get clients, make money, save all your receipts and we'll figure it all out later. And I thought it freed me up to just know that I didn't know and I could just start working and doing it. And I would just say, you go for it. You're going to get the answers along the way. You're going to make mistakes and those are going to make you stronger.
0: That's great advice. I think for almost any business, doesn't matter whether you're getting into coaching or what you're doing. And my wrap up question for everybody in this series, because it seems to be um, important this year with trends. What is it that you're seeing in the health industry this year? That's a big trend.
1: Well, this year, that's a huge trend, is exploding, is menopause and hormone health. It's everywhere, Mm -hmm. and it's about time. I'm thrilled Mm -hmm. to see it, not only because I'm in that that realm, but you, I mean, you start having hormonal changes as young as 35, so it is important to know what's coming and to know how to care for yourself, and I'm thrilled to see it happening, and the other is um, gut health is going to be huge and there's exciting discoveries coming with the microbiome and how that's going to affect how that affects chronic disease and illness. And so that's an exciting area to watch as well.
0: I think it's awesome that you point that out because yes, um, I've had a discussion with another coach on here and not realizing just how much our hormones impact us Mm -hmm. and the roller coaster that we ride every month. And yeah, it's like a whole conversation on its own. So I think it's great that it's getting a focus for people yeah. now. Um, yeah, it's kind of one sure. of those taboo subjects, right? Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't something we talked about.
1: <laughs> yeah, people never talked about it. And now we talk about it. I mean, all women will go through these hormonal changes. If you were assigned as a female at birth, you will have these hormonal changes and you, you need to be informed. That's a huge amount of our population that has never been having these conversations like we are now and about saying words like menopause out loud and, you know, sexual health. And, and it's, it's amazing. So I love what I'm seeing out there.
0: Yeah, it is great. And, and I obviously more to come as everybody starts delving into this um, it's a newer topic. The research is there, but obviously it's a newer topic. So I think we are going to see that explode and people starting to note focus more on, their are hormonal changes and what it means for them and all sorts of different aspects of life. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for talking with us today to all of my listeners. I will have all of Michelle's information up on the CEO momcast.com. You can check out her face, sorry, her Instagram page. <laughs> and there is a link there to her website, which tells you about all the programs that she offers. Um, looks like you have a retreat coming up in a couple weeks.
1: That's a friend of mine is doing one and she's asked me to speak for the day. So I'm doing that. And that is in a couple of weeks in June. And I've got the unlock the vault event and, and I'm trying, I have at least two online events together with other partners every month and a great newsletter. We're loving our newsletter and putting tons of great information. So sign up for that and you get some downloadables and some information and education. It's good stuff.
0: Great. Um, Like she said, check her out, sign up for the newsletter if you're interested. And again, all the information about her programs. And if you're going to be at Unlock the Vault, you will see Michelle there. So Michelle, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you so much for having me.